Baruchim Abayim, and welcome to Torah Talk Kazakh's Tuesday program with special guests. We have with us Rabbi Don Pach. Baruch Abba. welcome. Wow, it's an honor. Great to have the rabbi over here, all the way from Vancouver. Oh, no, it used to be in Vancouver. It used to be in Vancouver. <laughs> Baruch Hashem, welcome to Menal of Yeshiva Tavaris Moshe, where I have the school that I had to go to, to my kids. Oh, really? Interesting. And we're going to be talking about Chilich in today's day of age. Yes. And before we get to tonight's topic, we could have the rabbi a little bit of background about yourself. Absolutely. I grew up right here in Kew Gardens Hills. As I mentioned, I'm a graduate of Yeshiva Teferis Moshe myself. Proud graduate. I'm proud, very proud <laughs> graduate. It's a, it's a little interesting coming back into the Yeshiva administrative role. It's like, oh, I remember. Shouldn't tell that story. So, um, but yeah, after Yeshiva Tiferes Moshe, I went to Yeshiva Chavetz Chaim from a Sifta, I'm a Talmud of, of Yeshiva Chavetz Chaim, both in here in Forest Hills in, in Forest Hills days, as well as uh, Chavetz Chaim's branch in Rochester. Oh. Uh, and then I, I left Queens for a few years, close to 30 years. I was in Rochester for a number of years on the Hanhala, and then the last 17 years away in Vancouver, British Columbia, running a Torah day school. And just two years ago, came back to Queens. Uh, invited to run Yeshiva Tavaris Moshe. And doing an amazing job, Baruch Hashem. We get that tell through our Fine. son of Adia Yosef and Moshe Meir. And uh, like we said, we're going to be speaking about Chinuch, uh, education in today's day of age. And, uh, you know, there's many different types of uh, educators out there. And uh, Rabbi Pach Baruch Hashem has been very successful. If you could tell you your goals with regards to Chinuch and education. Absolutely. We use the term Chinuch, education. Uh, the word Chinuch actually shows up early in the Torah, um, and Rashi explains what the word chinuch really means. And he says, I'll, I'll share Rashi's words in Hebrew and then translate, it says, it, it is a hascholas knisas ha'odam, it is the very first introduction of an individual, to the work, the profession that he will ultimately uh, operate within. So we think about education as a level of training, it's information, it's skills, but from the broader perspective, it, we want people to be successful adults. Oh. So chinuch includes training them, teaching them to be successful adults. So of course, we have to teach them to learn, and they have to be successful academically to be successful as individuals as well. But it is a, it's a much broader view. We're building the individual, we're building the child, emir sashem, into an adult. An amazing baruch hashem, chaz hashem. And uh, there's many different approaches yes. when it comes to chinuch. Uh, you know, there's uh, those that, uh, the olden days, I guess, would say, there would be a little bit I, more. I think I might be from the olden days. As, as a student, <laughs> I might have been in the olden days. There, there definitely are various approaches, and, and there there is a time and a place for a variety of different approaches. But I would say that the, the it is well agreed upon by many educators today that Fire and brimstone is not the way to reach children, and the way to reach children and families, really, is to share with them your care and your concern for them and let them know that you're really there to help, because you are. I mean, I know a lot of people who are in a chinuch, very few of them have told me they went into chinuch for the money, right? Like That's right, yeah, you can definitely, yeah. like, we actually had this discussion in the past, that there is an issue out there with regards to... Uh, there, I, there is, I but just, let's be honest. If we paid Chanchem well, everybody would want to do it. And then was, the market would be flooded. But <laughs> I, I don't think we're, we're, it's not such a concern. <laughs> not such a concern. Um, but people go into Chinuch because they want to help people. My, yeah, my yeah. predecessor, Rabbi Yaakov May, Shlita, yes. um, likes to say, we're, our yeshiva is a chesed organization. We're in, we're, in a chesed, we're in the chesed business. We're here to, to do kindness to uh -huh. people. Right? We're here to help people. I, 
I'm coming from Vancouver. I have a different spin. I said, we're a customer service organization. <laughs> but ultimately, we both mean the same thing. We're, we're all here to help families. We're here to help children. Let them know that. Let them know that. Be Makara, bring them closer, help them to. And as people appreciate how much you care about them, then they start to listen to what you have to say. The last thing you ever want is a, is a combative relationship or a standoffish relationship. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's the there's, there's a the boss. Relation, you know, yes. they're, they're, a, a child has to know that the teacher is in charge and they have to listen to the teacher and a certain, of course, derech eretz, proper respect and conduct. All those things are true uh, and necessary, but the foundation of the relationship is the child knows that the, the Rebbe cares, the teacher cares, the, the manahel, the principal cares, everybody cares. Like I remember uh, one of my rabbim told me many, many years ago that uh, with regards to the shul that uh, nobody cares about how much you know until they know how much you care. Beautiful. And that is exactly what the rabbi is saying over here where it's the relationship with the rabbi and Talmud, the, the, the teacher and the student, and uh, that makes the, 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 the difference. And I, I'm sure you have recollections when you yourself were a Talmud of that Rebbe, of that teacher. Laura Leia, Rabbi Kifu, Rabbi Zlotnik. I'm going to stop that because I'm sorry. Everyone, I'm sorry. Every what, what I'm hearing is every Rebbe, every <laughs> teacher. But it's with I, I myself, I, I have memories from 40 years ago. 40 wow. years ago in elementary school. Not the same, not the same names that I just mentioned. Uh, More or less. No, 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 no. No, I, I started in Yeshua Yisrael. Uh, so I, I moved over to Yisrael's motion. Yes, I moved over to Yisrael's motion. But I, a Rebbe who I had in Yisrael, and I knew that he was special. He cared about me. It was just interactions. As an eight-year-old, I understood. That Rebbe is still teaching, and he's now a Rebbe in Yeshiva Zavaris Moshe. Rebbe Kahl. I wouldn't even know if I was allowed to share names. And he, he still is able to convey yes. that. And I hope that Rabbi Pollock will forgive me for sharing this. The very first day of school, he takes down the Hebrew name and the Hebrew mother's, mother's Hebrew name of every child in his class. And for the next 250 days, he carries it in his jacket pocket. He says to heal him every day for his students. Wow. And I'll tell you something, all five of my siblings, we all had Rabbi Pog. It started off in Or Yisrael, and then later on, when they closed to Farah's Moshe, and we see him all the time, and he remembers all of us, and just very inspiring. So so how does that apply to parents? You know, we just mentioned how educators and chinuch. So I, it, I'm so glad you asked that question, because people turn, tend to use the term chinuch for formal schooling, yes. formal education. It's not. My definition of chinuch is preparing children for their, their future selves to be who they're going to be. That's not the Rebbe's job alone. That happens in the home. You know, at a certain age, we may have the children in yeshiva for more waking hours than the parents have them at home. But the, Which the, is a great thing, by the way. The public schools, just for the record, for everyone out there, for whatever reason, it doesn't make sense to me. The older you get, the, the less, less school right. you have, which means they're more on the streets and doing... And the yeshivas, which is which really makes sense, you're you're in the yeshiva for to, long to a certain extent. Formal schools were created when people still worked in factories or on farms. So if you needed the kid, the teenagers, to work on the farm, you need them home earlier in the day. It's just, but it, it's certainly now with there's typically no parent at home, so all these things are of much more significant concern. A child who come, comes home at two thirty or three o'clock from a public school. There's nobody there to greet them anyway. This is what Chazad deals with. We have all these kids. They have nothing to do. Boredom, we know. The the, the says it comes as a sin, and uh, they're involved with crime and drugs. Unfortunately, 
So we have these after-school programs to get them off the streets and get them busy. And what I understand, Chazak is doing a phenomenal job. We have to do more than Gula has and come yet. There's always what to do. Yes, there's always what to do. But once that's know the one the redemption comes, and we know that there'll be what to do then to ensure we'll have different things to do. I was always wondering if we'll be out of business, quote unquote. Boom, the shift comes in at. Maybe. But I guess he'll, he'll pivot. He'll pivot. <laughs> but going back to the parents. And this, so if you give the, a little the, bit. The greatest impact on children comes from their parents. Right? At the, the home. The, 100%. 100%. It comes from the home. The, the, the immersion of the home in those early years, developmentally, psychologically, emotionally, those are the first and the strongest connections that, that an individual is going to have, which is why, A, of course, it's so incredibly important that every parent view themselves as an educator as well. Every, and to us, it's funny because in, in education, there's a terminology, it's actually a legal term, that a teacher is en loco parentis, right? It's, it's Latin. I speak a little Latin. <laughs> um, when a child is in school, we, the, the administrators, the teachers, have parental rights. We can make you know emergency decisions for a child, chas v'shalom, if there's a a medical concern, but in truth, the parents are and loco the machanchem. The parents are the machanchem. No, so not everybody is trained in the pedagogy of education. Not everybody is able to spend that time. But it used to be right in in the previous generations, going back to, to the times of the Gemara before you Rabbi Yeshua ben Gamla, who instituted formal schools. Everybody was taught at home, right? The father taught the sons, the mothers taught the daughters. Um, and that is still the case. So we're, we're here to, to partner with and assist parents in their role as machanchem, as educators, as parents of raising and training their children. Wow. So Rabbi is basically saying that every single one of us as parents, we're educators, we're machanchem. Yes. Whether we have the title. Whether, whether we have the title or not. And here's the scary part. Whether we mean to do it or not, we're doing it. That's because right. our children see everything that we do. It's true for educators as well. There's no such thing as being on in the classroom and I'm off when I'm not in the classroom. Every time a Rebbe walks down the street, every time a parent has an interaction in a store, the child is watching that parent to learn what is the appropriate interaction. Now, unfortunately, they can learn the wrong. the wrong interaction, but that's our job to make sure that we are consistently, constantly and consistently sharing the right message. Actions speak louder than words. Always. That's the, that's, Always. That's the there's, oh, there's a quote that I heard many years ago. I have no idea who said it. <laughs> that children may not always do what we say, but they will always do what we do. Wow. So, um, that's a big lesson. Very big lesson. Don't do what I say. Don't do what I do, do what I say. Yeah, it doesn't work. And, doesn't and the, the most difficult challenge that you come across as a parent, as an educator, is when the child senses an inconsistency. If the child, if you're talking about Mido's proper behavior and derech Eretz decorum and behaving the right way, and then the child sees that the Rebbe or the teacher doesn't behave properly, right? They see what happens when they get cut off in traffic and, and sometimes... You know, not such a friendly response. A, a, a child sees that and it's, it's inconsistent with the message, then you lose so much ground that way and you have to start repairing that and going back to that foundational relationship. The child needs to be able to trust the parent. The child needs to be able to trust the educator and the Rebbe in the room. And that's where consistency comes in. Amazing. The many years that the Rebbe has been involved with educating children, 
uh, the connection, the role between parents and rebellion? Is it just parent-teacher conference that they should be coming in, saying hi, and that's it? Is yeah, so more I, to it? I, I realize that everything that I'm talking about leads to this question, which ultimately leads to this answer, which is it certainly shouldn't be. Right? It, it sometimes is, and sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to say it can be worse than that, but I will say as follows, the same way that a Rebbe's behavior has to be consistent throughout, and a parent's behavior, the partnership and relationship between parents and educators has to be consistent as well. Because here again, a parent, God forbid, sends a child to school with the sense that I have no faith in your teacher, I don't trust the school, and eh, they don't really know what they're doing, oh yeah, I disagree with how they did this, I disagree with how they did that, and the the analogy that I often employ is parents, right? A mother and father can disagree terribly on a particular approach on a matter, right? I, I know that on occasion, my wife and I will disagree. Really? It sounds <laughs> shocking, but shocking. I think it's happened now once. You could get me your finger. <laughs> I think of the times we agreed. Maybe that's what I said. <laughs> we, we will disagree, but we know that when we present to the children, we're going to, whether it's a compromise, whether you do, you will do it your way, we'll do it my way, whatever the answer is going to be, we're all on the same page. In front of the children, it's, we're on the same page. Behind those four right. doors, you can have your yes. discussions, your there, difference of opinion. Exactly. Because, because if not, then everybody's influence erodes, right? If the child knows that the parents don't agree, it weakens both of their positions, right? And it leaves room for whatever the child wants to start and, unfortunately, can leave room for manipulation. Even very wonderful children. You may be familiar with the clinical terminology playing mommy-daddy, oh. right? Oh, yeah, this. this. Mm -hmm. So they're... they're some of us refer to it as triangulation. That's the fancy way. But it's, it's like, oh, mommy said, no, let's go ask daddy. Right? You know, that kind of a thing. The same thing is true if, if the Rebbe's shares a message that's inconsistent with the message that's happening at home or the parents are sharing a message inconsistent with what's being taught in the yeshiva, which is, I'll just insert this here, why it's so important to make sure that the yeshiva and the family are a good fit. And Baruch Hashem... <laughs> Queens is a community yeah. where we have Kanina Hara, a lot of great yeshivas and schools from a variety of hashkafas backgrounds, sort of ideologies and approaches to education, and making sure that, that the family and the yeshiva are in sync at the, at the top levels, at the broader levels, the philosophical levels, makes all of these things a lot easier, but it absolutely has to be the case. And maybe I'll share a little unsolicited advice. Sure, we love um, it. I... I I continue to push the analogy of spouses, that spouses can also have disagreements and fight, but at the end of the day, there has to be a recognition, understanding that we're in this together, we, and we really want the same things, and we'll, whatever the challenges are, whatever the friction is, we're going to work it out. And when parents and schools work that way together, the result is always better for the child, always better for the child. And it's okay. You can disagree with something that the yeshiva does. And believe it or not, I get a phone call like that every so often. A parent who disagreed with a particular approach of the yeshiva. I mean, not as often as my wife and I might have disagreed, but, but it'll happen from time to time. And I, I, I don't bring ego to the job. I don't bring ego to the yeshiva. And I'm ready to hear. I may feel that I'm right. I may f understand that the parent is right. But at the end of the day, we want to work together and make sure that we find a path through for the betterment of the child. I always say that um, when people, t t you know, uh, give some advice or constructive criticism to other people, people sometimes get offended. They get upset. They get, uh, 
And I, I always explain that, you know, just like people are bringing it aware that you might be doing a certain mitzvah wrong. Just like you'll be appreciative that if a person has a stain and he's about to walk to a hall, to a wedding, and it's huge, it would have right. been embarrassing, you would be appreciative of the fact that someone brought it to your attention, how much more so spiritually. If there's a stain in a person's shama, he's doing something, yeah. shouldn't be offended, you should be appreciative, you should be thankful. Somebody once told me nobody ever feels that criticism is, is constructive. No one, <laughs> no, nobody, no one on the receiving end ever feels it's constructive, but it can be, and... The closer you are to an individual, the more you want to offer them that that advice, that call it criticism, redirection, whatever it might be. If it's a stranger, you care less about the fact that they're walking into a to a wedding with a stain on their shirt. If it's your closest friend, you can you can't let them do that. And if we appreciate that 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 level of feedback, call it criticism, criticism feedback, whatever feedback. you want to call it, is comes from a position of caying. Right? If 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 we as a yeshiva didn't care about the outcome of our endeavor and weren't that interested in what ultimately your child finds success with in life, we wouldn't hock you at Chinook so much. We, w- we wouldn't give you so much grief. And I imagine the same thing is true from parents. As, and I've been in the parent position. I've been on that side of the desk. And I know that the only reason I would bring this up is because I know that, you, that we both want the same thing and I'm offering you some feedback yes i think it's important you know not too long ago uh, a few months ago there was a day off for the kids uh, whatever a random sunday it was and uh and my wife and i like well what's going on over here and they, they said in the calendar teacher development day something along those yeah. lines and uh, there was an hour just for the record not, I mean, we dismissed an hour but, early <laughs> but but i think it's important yeah i think it's important once my wife and i figure out what it's all about that the teachers and the verbatim it's like if you could shed some light to parents out there, absolutely, that they actually have like classes or yeah, like what's going on in there? Listen, I mean, let us in. Yeah. If you want to be very good at what you do, you got to continue to to grow in your own field. There, people who've been parents for many years go to parenting workshops, or they go to Chazak lectures That's or right. programs. The same thing is true for Rebbeim and teachers. There's. First of all, it's not like we always know everything and remember everything, but there there is new research. Education as a science has evolved considerably evolved, sure. in, in the last... Technology, for example, in technology and education, how to, how to approach it, what can we use it for, what do we have to warn, as it were, our children about, the pitfalls of. Everyone's got to keep their skills sharp. 100%. It's very important. And people don't understand that sometimes. Like, hey, I don't understand an hour. <laughs> yeah. But it's very important for the Rebbein to be equipped or the Absolutely. teachers. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll share one example from a professional development session we had probably earlier at the beginning of this school year on Kriya. For Rebbein, first grade through eighth grade. Now you walk through the door and say, I'm, I'm an eighth grade Gemara Rebbe. What do I have to know about Kriya? Meh. So the answer is, is what to know about Kriya? You're in eighth grade. You know, there, there, are, there are things that will come up that maybe were missed in third or fourth grade or maybe developed in fifth or sixth grade. And a Rebbe more attuned to how the science of reading and what children are going through when they start to piece things together in the earlier years and then reinforce things that can, can fall by the wayside. There are, there are rules that we learn when we're six or seven that we, they're in our brains, but we have no idea what they're called. And we can't refer back to them because we just remember, this is how I learned to read. But when you start breaking it down as a science and Rebbe understands what's really going on. So that's for fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade Rebbe and high school Rebbeim as well. I, I speak to high school Rebbeim as well. I hear the same thing. So it's important to... 
keep working at your craft. Definitely. Always be learning and becoming better and growing. So right now, this Torah talk is going to be aired during uh, the summer months. And obviously, there's no yeshiva in the summer months. But as a menam of a very prestigious yeshiva and for many, many years in Vancouver as well, uh, what tips could you give uh, parents with regards to summer? I know that for my kids, they have their summer homework and they have like the stickers they have to put on the Korea. So one of the really nice things about summer is that there is less pressure yes. of, of, of schedules, typically, for many people, certainly within a yeshiva. And it's an opportunity to be proactive and thoughtful about what you want to accomplish and setting goals for the coming year. We certainly do this systematically within yeshivas. This is when a Rebbe is going through curriculum, seeing what worked last year, what shifts we have to make, to which vocabulary words should stay on the list and which ones maybe need to be replaced and so on. Um, and you do it with, without the that pressure of, oh, I have to be in the classroom tomorrow. This has to be done. Okay, I'm just going to use what I used last year. Um, for parents as well, maybe the children are away at camp. Right? So you have a, a few days to, to think without all the noise in the background. Think proactively. What are my goals for the year? Right Now, it's one could argue that some schools might also not do this kind of planning, but many parents don't plan. Right, I know where I want my child to be. Right? So I, I heard in the name of a, of a gadol, right? and it, it was in Yiddish, but I'll just say it in English. It's like, if there's something you want your child to be able to do when he's older, you have to teach him when he's younger. And you just think about what it is that I want my child to be able to do when he's older, and now's the time to map that out. One very obvious example, you have a boy who's, say he's 11 years old, so he's got two years to his bar mitzvah. Is he going to get up and read from the Torah? And it's not for every boy, and I, I cannot stress this enough. If it's not for your son... There's no mitzvah to make him do it. Film pressure, yeah. My, my parents, Shuber and God bless them, they saw that uh, I'm a bar mitzvah boy. I was really, I, I only did three of this. Yeah. People were, everyone was doing the whole parsha. And uh, every, you, you're still bar mitzvah, as, <laughs> as we like to say, even if you only read Mafti or Nato or whatever it might be. But now's the time to think about it. Let's not wake up three months before. We feel pressured and, and yeah, rush yeah. into it. And, and those kinds of things. And it also gives us that time to, be mechanich, to educate, to share our values, our ideals with our children so that they pick it up also without the pressure of, vey, I have to read, I have to lean tomorrow, I have to get up there and read three of the No, talk about the idea, see how the child feels about it, whatever it might be, understand and, and spend that time with the child to appreciate what their unique strengths are. It, the summer is a great time to plan because we have that breath, we have that space. Hundred percent. A person fails to plan is planning to fail. Yes, we're good, good in quoting. I love it, right? But <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing. With regards to my son of IDSF, who's going into third grade, he called his cousin who was in third grade last year. He's like, "What did you learn last year?" He started thought we learned this thing, uh, Yosef, and uh, and that part of the Chumash, and this and that. I'm like, Ovadia said that's so smart. And he's, this summer we have a Rebbe for him and, and he's learning. He's, he's preparing for action. My younger son, Elshamari, is going to pre one I think it is. And my wife got him a, a Kriya for the olive base. And then the sounds, ah, mm, baby. Right, what, what are we going to do with him for the first two months? He's going to know everything. That's the whole right in the corner. Just, <laughs> when a child feels success, it says read success. Absolutely. I, I, I will absolutely. Tell it and 
I would add every child can be successful. 100%. Right? With but it's important, and it's important to understand what success is for that child. And like we talked about yes. the bar mitzvah goals. If success for that child is to lane two alias, then when he lanes two alias, he's successful. That's right. Breaking his teeth and, and suffering through seven alias is not success for him because that's not what he needed. Right? So it's, it's important to appreciate and understand each child as parents and as, as educators. I was at a conference just a few days ago um, talking about, of course, the challenges of, of education, of you know, from Jewish education in our times. And, and, yeah, and somebody made a comment about, yeah, there's 25 boy, boys in the classroom. It, it is very, very reasonable for a Rebbe to know every one of those 25 boys, for a teacher to know every one of those boys. It, it might not be on the first day or the second day. I, I joked when I came to Yeshiva Tiferes Moshe Kanina, or 500 Talmidim. <laughs> I, I, I still don't know all of their names, but I'm, I'm learning like the ones who have their names on their yarmulke. It's a, it's a lot easier, right? <laughs> so initials don't help, but if the name is there, it's fantastic. But over the course of the first few days of school, a Rebbe's going to learn everyone's name. And over the course of the first few weeks of the school, a Rebbe's going to learn what the strengths and challenges of each child are going to be. Same with the general studies teachers as well. That's education. That's connecting with the child. And when you know, 25 is a lot. I get it. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot, but it's, it's totally doable and it's absolutely necessary. 100%. And Rebbe do it. They do it and do an amazing job with it. So, Rabbi, you gave us so much gems and so much great advice uh, for Mechanatam Rebbeim, for the parents, of course. Uh, we have a minhad, a custom and Torah talks, which is a, a, a final message, a takeaway that uh, you can give to our blood audience, Rabbi. Do I have 30 minutes now? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, we, we talked a lot. I'm just going to kind of recap, and I think yeah, would, bring, would bring it to this final message. We talked a lot about what Chinuch really means, what it, how to connect with children, and the fact that it's very much a shared Role between yeah. role and responsibility between parents and the professional educators, but that professional educators play the role as parent and parents play the role as professional educators. And that the strength of that partnership is ultimately, in my experience, is what determines overall success. The better that partnership, even if the parent is not perfect and the Rebbe is not perfect, if there's a strong partnership, the result is better than if you had a perfect Rebbe and a, and a weaker relationship. But in terms of a final message, I'll share a, a beautiful idea. Um, it's an al-shech. He's a... Al-shech HaKadosh. is beautiful. We say it in Shema twice a day. We say, um, These words, these, these ideals of the Torah should be on your heart. And the very next words are You should teach them diligently to your children. So the al says the, the proximity of these two statements the is juxtaposition. The juxtaposition. I, I was going to say juxtaposition. <laughs> I didn't want to sound so fancy, but okay. The, I love the, that word. The, <laughs> these two words are placed here for, the very, for a very obvious reason. He says, in order to successfully, to successfully impart your ideals to your children, it has to be alivovecha. And that comes back to the consistency that we spoke about. Wow. If you live your values... Your children will live your values. If you show them the beauty of what you have chosen, your path in life, your Yiddishkeit, and how important it is to you, it has to be important to them. And that doesn't mean that children don't rebel. Psychologically, it's actually according to Adlerian psychology says that adolescents rebel against their parents. That, that's part of growing up as they start to rebel. But ultimately, that's what they come back to. If the message is strong, if they have a good relationship with the parent and appreciate what is of value to the parent, 
they're going to come back and appreciate it themselves as well. Let these words be on your heart, and then you give them over Rishonops. What a powerful message, Rabbi Dan. Thank you so much. The very things that come out of that into the heart, definitely a job well done for all that you do and done and continue doing for college. So we really appreciate it on behalf of Chazak and the entire community. So we should bless you and the entire Mishpacha. And we want to thank you for all the amazing advice, enough education in today's day of age. Uh, well, thank you for inviting me and thank you for all the wonderful work you're doing for our community, the partnerships with the yeshivas, with the parents, with the children of the families. We want to thank all of our audience for joining us once again, Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Talks with special guests. Uh, dedication, infusion, suggestions are always welcome. You the email info at kazak.org. Shout out and thank you to all the platforms that host our amazing uh, Torah Talks podcast. And a special shout out to Torah Anytime. For their partnership at Daily Giving, a dollar a day goes a very far away. We encourage them to check that out. And the entire Kazakh team and staff. And while we are in the summer, Kazakh's main mission and goal is to help inspire, guide, and change the lives of the thousands of Jewish kids. Unfortunately, the public school system, they don't have a Jewish education. And uh, this is the season while the summer people are away. We're here. We're working full force to get kids from public schools and help them and guide them all the hands to find them a Jewish day school, yeshiva of their uh, choice, hopefully, if it works out. Uh, but Barksham, over 1,500 kids already in the last few years alone from public schools to yeshiva. If you have a family member, a friend, a neighbor, anybody you know, this is the time for the September school year. To get to yeshiva, reach out to Chazak. We'll do whatever we can to help them out. You should go up once again, Rabbi Pacht, for the amazing Torah talk. Gag the Torah, and we'll see you all.